Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Floors with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager for Bone Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. And this is part two of our four contractors and four questions. And today I'm excited to have Sean James from Santa Cruz, California. Sean, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, I'm Sean James out of Santa Cruz, California with SJ Hardwood Floors. Um, flooring contractor specializing in sand and finish, repair, some custom install when I can get it. Trying to steer away from the uh, mass install work and just focus on quality. You're an interesting guy to me, Sean, and it's about damn time we had you on this podcast. Um, you're, uh, I, I kind of like your style a little bit, man. Um, first of all, um, I know that you're a damn good craftsman. I know that's important to you, and I, I see you, uh, the work you do on social media, and we've talked many times. And So I know you're in a, you're in a, a punk rock band, right? Yep, band called The Guts. Spell that. G-U-T-Z. G-U-T-Z. All right, and uh, are you on uh, are you on uh, YouTube or where can they anybody see your work? Uh, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon yeah. Music. And you're a drummer. And we're on the socials. Yep. All right, so the guy is in a in a punk rock band. He's a drummer. I mean, that takes a hell of a lot of of uh, discipline. Like more than I think most people realize, man. I I've uh, listened to your music and. Uh, I liked it a lot. I have to say, man, it's pretty cool. So, um, so we're going to do this four questions, uh, for four different contractors. We're going to go kind of quick. So I want to get as much information as I can about you. So Rob, why don't you fire away with the first question? All right. Y'all set. Sounds good. All right. What makes you really good at your craft? And, and before you respond, yeah. before you respond, sorry to cut you off. Don't be humble, man. I, I I know you're good, and and um and uh, you know I we're truly interested in what makes somebody good at their craft. So uh, I know you're a humble guy, so don't hold back on me. I mean, for me, it's all just you know passion for what you do. You know, caring about the job from no matter what it is, and just patience. I mean, for me, I care about from you know where the material comes from and the forest and then where it ends up and the final end user you know i care about quality number one and that's what i try to deliver every time and what what is your clientele in in santa cruz california i mean i mean is there a house that's under a million dollars in that area <laughs> well not now uh i mean you can look at a shack and it's going from close to a mill and it's pretty rough. Most the market's pretty exploded. But yeah, your average home, your one bedroom, one bath, you're probably looking at seven hundred thousand. <laughs> I I actually think, Sean, that that adds another dimension um, mentally to to the challenge of the job and the stress of the job, because you know I've said this before that you know now everybody thinks that one what one bedroom one bath house is the is the Taj Mahal you know what I mean you put seven hundred thousand dollars into it you know there that's a lot of pressure the the that that goes into them jobs man oh yeah I mean no matter what the job is I'm going to treat a you know a hundred square footer like a two thousand square footer everything gets 
the same amount of detail. Yeah. What's the name of your company, Sean? It's just my initials, SJ Hardwood Floors. Yep. And so question number two, biggest challenge in the future for floor men? Well, looking at where we're at now, I mean, material, that's more and more. We're going to have to be worrying about that. Just as things become readily available, they're going to be coming off the market faster than you can see. Um, you know, cost. Cost is going to go up and it's going to stay up for a while. And then, you know, labor. You know, trying to find people to train. Because even before the pandemic, it was rough enough. And now I've been seeing from my friends that own restaurants and bars, trying to get people to come back to work or get new people to work even more. It's rough because people have figured out, hey, I can live off of bare minimum and that's fine with me. I can work 20 hours a week and still pay my rent and barely live and be fine with it as opposed to wanting to save and grow and you know, invest in something. People just want to do the bare minimum. So, so that's going to uh, be a struggle. Um, you know, hey, let me ask you a question. Wait, no, let me ask him one. Okay. Let me ask him. It's my <laughs> turn. Go, go get a drink of water or something. For okay. Talker you are. Hey, what gives you more chicks? Me. Being a, a great floor man or a drummer? Uh, I mean, I'm a drummer. I'm not really going to get any chicks, man. I'm lucky enough I got my wife. <laughs> The, the, yeah. the uh, uh, plus I'm a redhead, so it doesn't really, um, everything's working against me. I was going to say the same thing, man. Oh, yeah. you He's get the Highlander curse. He's a fellow, uh, yeah, redhead. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. A well, he could pull it off, drummer in a punk band, right? I mean, that that was a good move, man. Yeah. You yeah. got a shot. There you, you got go. A story. Um, I've gotten some free cocktails, yeah. That's it. <laughs> but hey, since you're a musician, I want to ask you the same thing. And I mean a serious musician. You guys are good, man. You're you're a talented band. And and I feel you know the pandemic is is hurts a lot of industries. And I think uh, musicians, man, uh, as as bad as anybody. So you know, all, people think of the big touring concert bands and everything, but even local guys and regional guys, man. Uh, with the pandemic, especially in California, as much as everything's been shut down, I imagine that's changed for, for you guys a lot, huh? Oh, drastically. I mean, we're, you know, everything's starting to slowly open up here and there, and we're talking about booking shows. And the sad reality is a lot of the uh, smaller venues have had to shut down and lock up where they won't come back. Unfortunately, that's just a sad truth across the nation and if anybody can donate to uh save our stages that would dramatically help a lot of these venues is that a, a website is that a, a website for the save our stages i believe it's a website you can google it save our stages but that's one thing uh smaller venues it's hard for them to bounce back especially in these times where a lot of them didn't get relief yeah yeah, financially, so... Is, is that... Yeah, I know I mean, a lot of people are hungry to see music come back. Oh, man. Uh, and I'm oh one of them. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see uh, live music again. 
Um, is 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 being a drummer in a punk rock band? And I would imagine that is a as a hell of a stress reliever from doing floors, man. The and the uh, you know the, the the stress of running a business. Yeah, you'd figure it'd be hard to go and play for you know a couple hours of practice, a couple nights a week, and then play a couple shows on the weekend after beating your body up on doing floors all week. But you know, you just find the energy, and it's. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Nice. All right. Uh, What's the best advice uh, you could give for somebody breaking into the business? This is question number three for you. Uh, become a sponge. You know, keep your eyes open. Listen. Just observe. Because, you know, the vast majority of what our trade is and the trade is, you know, confidence, common sense. And then you pick up the skill and knowledge as you go. And along, as well as techniques. And then if you have time after work, you know, read up, educate yourself on that task that day or what's coming in the future. I mean, with the NWFA, with YouTube and all the other educational platforms out there, you can learn a whole hell of a lot where when I started out, there was next to nothing. You really had to search and search. That's what I like about you, man, because you're, you're like a role model to me and all the rest of the gingers out there. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're you're in a freaking drummer in a punk rock band, man, with tats and everything. But you're you're a serious guy, man. You're a thinker, Sean. I mean, I, I got a lot of respect for you, man, because I know I, I see how much you care about your jobs and your and your customers and stuff. I, and I see you on social media. And uh, I'm impressed, man, just just from one guy to another. I, I've always been impressed with you. And I, I've been wanting to get you on the podcast for a long time because I do have a lot of respect for you, man. I think you're, you're, you're pretty kick-ass at your job. I love that uh, you're, you're, uh, three quarters of your pictures have your old dog Taco in there. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but uh, yeah, boy. I also think that's pretty cool, man. Uh, how old is your dog? He is nine years old. Yeah, I see. I see him getting white around the uh, around the, uh, the the nozzle, the muzzle, just like the rest of us. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us something about yourself that would surprise people. Well, most people don't know, but Wayne is my father. True, I didn't know you no, were break it out on this. There's something going on there. Yeah. I can see it, yeah, definitely. I mean, for the longest time, you know, I've been playing music forever, and also before I started in the trades, and I used to play average uh, 120 shows a year in one band, and we would do some drives, like eight to ten hour drives on Sunday night, and I'd be back at work at seven in the morning. So I did that for a very long time. It's, uh... Um. So what basically, biggest, burning the candle uh, both ends. What was the biggest venue you played? Biggest show? Mm, probably five hundred something people. Uh, yeah, about five to eight cap. It's a big show. Yeah, so, I mean, some of the other shows, it's hard to say. You know, there's alcohol involved. <laughs> so, would we be still be able to hang out and uh, uh, at night and listen to Johnny Cash? Oh yeah. 
So yeah, I, I, I saw your top ten albums, man. That's, I, I saw you throw in the Folsom Prison Blues. Uh, so oh, it's a fantastic album. Yeah, yeah. Um, who were maybe some of your role models that you looked up to in the industry as you started along your, in the trade? Huh. Well, and there's definitely Lenny Hall. Yeah. Jason Elquist. Yep. Those two were amazing. Uh, I, I, I put them on my, my list as well. You know, I live in such a small area. It's, it's so hard to really, I'm the majority of, uh, influence and things like that has all kind of come through social media and peers mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we're all always bouncing stuff off each other. I mean, Young Brothers, Select, those guys are all fantastic and yeah. great dudes to talk to. I, I, I really like that about you. I think, I mean, I'm almost jealous in a way, man, because your generation, the generation coming up now, you have that, man. You can reach across and talk to a dude in Colorado or someone down in Florida, you know what I mean? And, and it's readily available, and you get to share your pictures and your work, man. And it's like, um, you know, it makes you want to put out something cool, man. And 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 uh, it doesn't have to be a fabulous job. I mean, just a job standard right, man. That you know what I mean? That uh, you get to share. Oh with yeah, you. I think that's pretty cool, man. That you guys do that. Is well, there yeah, the, so what do you think the turning point in your career was? Uh, when I became an engineer. Uh, sorry. NWFA certified member and then moving on from there and then starting to go to uh, Bona trainings. I went to my first Bona training up in Kent, Washington uh, seven or eight years ago, uh, maybe longer. But yeah, I had to fly to go to a training then and now they're readily available in the area. But yeah, it was fantastic. I got to meet a lot of cool people, you know, pick up on some other techniques. I met the uh, infamous Eric Peterson <laughs> and also Zach Clavin. Yep, yep. Um, I did Great people. people. Yeah. Seattle's a cool place anyhow to go and hang out. I don't know if you guys played any shows up in that area, but uh, I, I love Seattle. A nice night. Like yeah, that. we were up there uh, right before the pandemic on tour. It was a lot of fun. Wow. We all we all have uh, tough days in this trade, um, and and days that like man, just you know, you, you get beat up, your body gets beat up, and, and maybe things don't go your way. When you have days like that, Sean, man, how do you power through those? Well, the important part at the end of the day is to leave it on the job. I mean, you get those annoying customers that try and call or text you late in the evening, ten o'clock. You know, uh, I've got an issue with my floor, blah blah blah, and you just. Kind of have to tell them, look, it's an inanimate object. Leave it be. If your house is on fire or, you know, there's a flood, you're calling the wrong guy. You got to call somebody that can actually take care of that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I, I, end of the day, it's it's rough to, to leave it all behind you and deal with it the next day, but you got to try. It's a bag of bricks, man. Set it down and walk away. Yeah, I mean, we all wake up in the middle of the night, you know, three in the morning with those worries of what we got to get done the next day or, you know, it's, it sucks, but 
you got to find a way to leave it there. You also talk about you uh, flew up to Seattle to go to that school up there, and you've gone to a bunch of NWFA schools, and you're doing this on your own dime, right? I mean, you're on your own business, oh, yeah. you're an entrepreneur. So why, 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 what are you, what are you getting out of it, Sean? And and what compels you to do that? Uh, education, you know, develop, you know, skills and techniques. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it all, you know, it started out for you guys, you know, thirty six eighty, poly, good yeah. to go. Where. You know, the stuff we're able to produce now with the machines available and the, the products available, you're able to get a, a piece of furniture, a giant piece of furniture for somebody. Yep. Absolutely. We used it's to just, say, it's, it's amazing. In the old days, they'd say, you know, it's not, it's not a piece of furniture. You can't expect it to be blah, blah, blah. It's not, a piano. Stores, not anymore, man. These guys, <laughs> guys are putting out some phenomenal tabletop type finishes, man. Um, and with the uh, the introduction of European oils, craft oils especially, and what you're able to do, you're able to give somebody a floor that's going to age like a you know a pair of boots or really nice leather belts or something where it's just going to the patina is just going to keep getting richer and richer where you might not even have to sand that floor. Yeah, it's just it's amazing. Are, are you a first generation and uh, floor man? And how did you get into the trade? Uh, yes, I am. I started out in the trades, you know, foundation to finish in my early, early twenties. And then the recession hit and I had to scramble to find a, someone to work with cause I got laid off. And then I ended up finding a foreign contractor here in Santa Cruz to work with Andy Orgain. And uh, from there, I just hooked. You know, it's it was extremely hard work in the beginning, but you know, using those old machines, the old American Twelve and Clark Edgers, and then just kind of researching and finding other tools and looking into the ergonomics of things. Uh, major things that help are stretching every morning. You know, staying hydrated, that kind of stuff. Uh, icing at the end of the day, if you can. Yeah, I, I think a that's a... Sean. Man, I, I appreciate it very much. Thank you for being on the on the podcast with us. We're really uh, glad to have you on again. Um, um, follow you on social media, man, and I, I see the kind of work you do, man, and I got a lot of respect for that. So thanks again, and thanks for making the time. Well, thank you, guys. All right, have a good one, man. Yeah, yeah, you have a good one. Okay. Bye. So we go from Cal- California, Santa Cruz, California, to the West Coast, all the way down to Tampa, Florida, on the East Coast. We our guest with us today now is uh, Corey Cathcart. He's president of Integrity Floors in Tampa, Florida. Corey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, get to enjoy the beautiful West Coast of Florida. Um, most of our projects are on the beach or real close, so we get beautiful views. Um, humidity is always a challenge as far as wood floors go, but, um, been in wood floors since 1995, have a great crew, uh, mixture of sand and finish crews and installers, uh, all full-time employees, full-time bonus certified craftsmen. So, um, 
honored to be in this profession, something that I love and appreciate the fact that I get to do something that I do love. Before we get to the four questions, um, I know you, I uh, looking at your website, you work with a lot of re renewable and sustainable materials is a big part of your, uh, your company's, uh, heritage, I guess. And, um, maybe you talk in the protecting the forest for tomorrow. I mean, you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. We try to work with domestic mills whenever we can. We try to consider, you know, the, the best way to produce a floor that's going to last lifetimes, um, how it's processed, where it's processed, the value that it's going to add to a home or a building, and try and find ways outside of the mainstream than putting logs on a boat to end up halfway across the world only to be turned around and processed very inefficiently and then sent back across. Oh, I like your, I like your style. And um, mm. I see that you guys, you do work on contemporary urban floors to preserving 19th century ballrooms. And, uh, and you guys take a lot of pride in your work and uh, your portfolio is, uh, is pretty uh, impressive, man. Thank you very much coming from you. I certainly have honored your work and I appreciate that. And we, we feel lucky to work where we've worked and, Tampa's not a very old city, but parts of it we've been able to work on between the University of Tampa, which was parts of it were built in the late 1800s. So those are those ballrooms that we were able to work on, restore those with parts of um, architects from a Florida land grant that um, helped restore what was originally a hotel that is now the flagship of University of Tampa. You, you said that I got to ask you this, man, before we get into the four questions, you just brought up something that when I think of Florida, I think of the one killer thing that if you're a floor man, it has got to be first and foremost up in the, in, in the list of challenges. And that's humidity. Mm -hmm. uh, acclimating the, we want to talk about that. I mean, um, we lived in like, I lived in California doing floors and that was never really an issue for us for the most part, nowhere near to the extremes that you guys have. How do you deal with that? Right. We start in our warehouse. We have an air-conditioned warehouse where the majority of our floors start in, mainly because especially new construction, um, keeping trades to close the doors and truly acclimate. You can deliver it, but it could literally stay there for six months and never achieve the condition that somebody's going to live in. So we try to start in the warehouse as early as possible, whether it be stock material or special order or special order floor. Um, it starts there, and then at the right time, new technologies like data loggers and fit boxes really help us out just to, to establish those swings and show them to people. And then seasonally, we just have cupping sometimes. If it's a solid floor, sometimes no matter what you do, the wood's going to win and do whatever the hell it wants and just got to you know take time to prepare them. So that's interesting. So your process really starts um, from from the warehouse, right? You know, wood goes to your warehouse, and that's part of your – that's where it starts. That's very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's just a losing battle. Yeah. Hmm. And um, is it mostly glue downs there, glue nail assist, or, or are you engineered floors down there, or, or, or what's your makeup? Majority glue down. Most of ours are on slab. Um and the wider planks. Uh, there are some builders that do design their floors with uh, subfloors nailed. So three-quarter inch CDX nailed to 
concrete and then glue a nail assist depending on the format of the floor. Uh, but you're right, 80% of our floors are glued directly to concrete. Okay. When you are How long have you lived in Tampa? What's that? How long have you lived in Tampa? All of my life. I did spend some time out west, but I was born and raised in, in the Tampa Bay area. Went out west, spent some time in Seattle and Wyoming, and then right. uh, returned back home in 2000. So Tampa just about all your life? Yeah, that's what okay. I know. Now, I'm a New England Patriot fan. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> you missing something? Oh, my God. How was it this year yeah. down there? My brother lives in Tampa, the Tampa area. How well, was it? Yeah, it's been great, I tell you. It's between the Lightning and then the Bucks and hometown. Well, the you guys have turned into title town. Stanley Cup. The Rays are one game away. Jeez, man. Crazy. Yeah. But what yeah. Tom Brady did with you guys, oh, my God. That was oh, phenomenal. What a season yeah. that was for you guys. What leadership can do. Absolutely. All right. Four questions. Now that we've already asked you five. Um, sure. <laughs> Rob, you want to shoot it out there, the first question? Oh, thank you, Wayne. Yes, I'd love to. What makes you really good at your craft? Uh, the team around me. I have been very lucky to find very loyal, passionate people. That You see, this is a Tom Brady fan. What does he say? you got to <laughs> love it, man. Uh, awesome answer. That is fantastic. So we keep each other going, and all of us know as floormen what it takes. And physical these days has been far more mental than I can remember in the past. But we are lucky to be very busy. It's a great time in Tampa, great time in America to recover from what we came from. And again, I'm I am truly blessed to do something that I love. And would last forever, right? If nothing catastrophic happened or somebody doesn't do the wrong thing, wood is part of the beauty. It only gets more beautiful. Every other floor gets uglier on the second day. And yeah. wood just right. gets prettier and prettier. Well, I'm <laughs> going to take them. Thank you. I'm going to take that and use it in my schools. That's Thank actually very much. Uh, that's uh, very well said right there, man. And that should be uh, on somebody's uh, advertising. That's that's really I like that. That is perfect. So this is supposed to be four questions, and damn it, I just want to—it's uh, it, going to be more than that because uh, yeah. anytime you talk to another floor guy, he just brings up so many other questions. How did you get into this trade, um, and are you a first-generation floor guy? I am a first-generation floor guy. I was uh, living out west. I came home to visit my family, and my aunt was getting floors installed in her home. At the time, wood floors were not very common in Florida. It was 1995. And the guy who was halfway through her um, house, she was getting installed in her entire house. He was halfway through. His helper quit. Mm -hmm. So she called me and said, you're on vacation. My house is tore up, and this poor guy has no help. So you need to come over here, help your aunt out. <laughs> so I went over, I was in the concrete trade at the time and thought this is a hell of a lot better than stacking forms and flattening slabs and had an understanding of concrete. So that kind of helped see the highs and lows. And then 
really never left. I went back to Seattle where I was living and found a great floor company out there to learn from and then just never got out of it. So I think the sawdust got my, I'd always liked wood, but wasn't a finished carpenter, didn't have the patience. And this allowed me to work with wood, but not have to be as finicky as a, as a trim carpenter. Um, so question number two in our official questions, um, mm -hmm. big, biggest challenges for four men today in the trade. This week feels like material supply. Um, you know, it has been labor for a long time, but we've just tried to be patient and grow when the right people come along. So I would, I'd say the challenge is just time, taking the time to do it right, not getting swept up in the moment of, you know, yeah. it's got to be done so we can move in on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And the guys are still painting the walls above you. Yeah. Um, and how do you do that? When you're when you're faced with that kind of pressure, when everybody wants it done right now and, and you know, everybody's, you know, the, 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 the contractor, the general, he's got his schedule, the homeowners have their schedule. You know the right way to do it. As you said, you I mean, you start with the wood in the warehouse acclimating it. You know that the wood also has a schedule and it doesn't care about us. So how do you mm -hmm. manage those conversations? Um, we, we have a strict timeline that we stick to. And if it goes too far outside of that, we either have to pull off the job, which is not easy and not friendly to do. We have had to do it. Um, but we really just start managing expectations from the beginning and we stake out our ground and majority of our businesses repeat contractors and homeowners so they know how we operate. And we just stick to those commandments that keep us, you know, we remind the people, this is why you called us. You know, you hire us not for what we do, but for what we know. And if we're not able to do that, then... We're just going to be like everybody else that they passed up on. That is a really good point, man. I mean, you, you, that is also a really, really good point, is that you hired us for, for what we know. I mean, that's why you hired us, because we do things the right way and everything. And, and if you're asking us to do anything counter to that, that's not our culture. You know, and, mm -hmm. and I, I think it's smart to have those conversations open like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I like your style. Yeah, we all got that call, right? right? I just need a quick job. Um, we don't know how right. to do a quick job. There's no, there's no such thing as a quick job. Not, hey, not what's the best advice you can give to somebody who's breaking into the business? Stick with it. It's a hell of a ride. You will, you will love it. You will hate it. You'll never get away from it. Um, I think it allows respect and creativity and, um, it's up to you. You know, it's an open field. Somebody hands you the bat, don't give it back. Just keep it. And, you know, if it's not what you love, don't do it because it will bust you and break you down. But if you love it, there's no better place in the world to be. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I could not agree more, man. And I think really, gosh, you know, sometimes I want to take young kids today that are starting out and shake them, man. And, the, the opportunities now in this trade are amazing, man. There, there is, I don't care what happens as far as other floor coverings, whatever, there is always going to be a place for a guy that is a damn good Santa finish guy, uh, a guy that knows how to install. Technology. Yep. Look at the technology. You know, yep. just 
just in my time in the trade, waterborne was just coming on, and that was phenomenal when I just started. But, man, the dustless, festools, sandpaper, I mean, it's just, it's a whole different world yeah. than just the time that I've been here. So yeah. I, I really encourage them. And you can, re that stuff makes you look good. Like, you know, there's a whole different uh, all these orbital sanders and just the satellites, everything has just come so far to help you in your trade. It's really fine-tuned what was a, a fine finished trade, but it was rough to get there. I mean, yeah. it, was, yeah. it was years on edge or before I even was hoping somebody keep a rug over some of my work, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the truth, man. I mean, you couldn't do any different. I mean, <laughs> sometimes you just couldn't get it. Yeah. There wasn't enough wood left. You know, I've said, you know, many times back in the day, all we had against the whole world, didn't matter what the layout was, didn't matter anything. We had the buffer, the big machine, and the edger to make yeah. that. You had to be a stud on all three of those, man. And now with the planetary type machines that are out there right now, um, uh, the game's changed, man. I had uh, I, I did a class this week in Atlanta and um, had two guys from Romania came to the class, and they were old school. You know, I mean, slot drums. They came up on so the whole deal. And wow. when we showed them the power drive, uh, you know, when I showed mm -hmm. them the power drive, I couldn't get it out of their hands. I yeah. mean, I literally could not get it out of their hands. And then we used natural seal on white oak and i mean mm -hmm. these guys were rubbing it and feeling it and just going just losing it thinking you yeah. know we produced furniture we we've never seen a floor this smooth i mean they were just <laughs> you know and it right. took you know i mean the great part about the power drive and you know some of these other sanders it took me you know 10 minutes to really show the guy how to operate it correctly. I mean, they had some mm -hmm. sanding background, so they were, you know, way ahead of the curve, but man, just the look in their eyes, uh, I, it was just amazing. So yeah, when you say the equipment and the change in the equipment, Wayne and I, you know, Wayne, I meant to mention to you this before, we're the generation that went from, from drums to belts, from oil to water. And, and you know what I mean? Yeah. We were around for the old days. We know how forty eighty satin poly and bad lighting. That was our living. Yeah. Yeah. And just good intentions. You know, the best sand guys that I've met that came before me, they just many of them were multi generation and so it was passed down secrets and families and you know, smack on the head when you didn't do it right. But uh no explanation. Now, Just get over drive. there and yeah. you know. Yeah, do it. And and to your point, uh, Corey, I, I remember you know working with my my uncle years ago, and and in San Francisco, there's a lot of hallways we called laid the wrong direction, where it can be <laughs> you know forty five <laughs> feet long and by by thirty inches going the wrong way, and it was all edger work. That's you know you ran the edger on it. You may make a first pass yeah. with a big machine on light tension, but and, and as good as my uncle was, and as good as these old, old, really stud floor guys were, it was still at the end of the day, you crossed your fingers and you, you, know, you felt like you edged it right. You back in that back in those days, we hand sanded everything with sixty grit, um, 
And then you put that coat of semi-gloss on it and you come back the next day. All you want to do is look down that hallway and you'd study it yeah. from every angle. God help you if you see a little bit of a, you know, something wasn't flat. Now, mm -hmm. the, the equipment today, man, that's that's the same thing as chatter marks, man. That, that, that should be gone the way of the bluebonic plague. Um, yeah. The machines today are just so much better. The paper's better. Every, it's just um, yeah. the low VOCs, you know, not walking out the front door and having your head go, wow, 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 wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm just yeah. Yeah. good. Um, also, oh, yeah, young so, guys, I, I really hope they hang into it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think the opportunity is there. I mean, it's, it's it, but the, the recipe is hard work. There's no getting around it. But, There's less you know, competition. Yeah. There's less people getting into it. I mean, it's an ideal field here. You know, it's, it is yours to claim because yeah. ain't then many people jumping into it. So, and yeah. All people want is wood, and, you know, the health benefits of wood are only going to increase when compared to other products and get us out of this goddamn vinyl and everything else that they're coming That's up with. That's what I, there you go. I'll give you a bell for that one. <laughs> that GD Good. vinyl. Yeah. Just yeah. terrible, man. Keep it, you know, our floors don't, if they do end up in the landfill, all they're going to do is decompose. Yeah come back as worm poop you know so a vinyl is going to be here 500 years if, if we're lucky that message comes across i thought loud and clear on your uh, website too i think you do do a good job of getting that message out about yourself so all right we, we do love wood question number four uh, yeah. tell us something about yourself that would surprise people i have six grandkids and i'm 50 years old are you kidding nice. Adam, yeah. blessed, blessed on there both sides. Go. Nice, man. Great business and great family. So, how old are they? Um, two daughters. They are eight to two, and the the two year olds are twin boy and girl. So, and they rule the roost. Pretty cool. That's well, awesome. Yeah. The biggest surprise in all that, man, is I had no idea you were fifty. So <laughs> you, you're doing something right, man. Um. Well, Time you, flies. Uh, okay, so um, you're 50 years old now, and I imagine it's uh, you, you know this this trade beats your body up a little bit. Are you still feeling healthy? You can get out there and still do the work. Um, I'm lucky that I don't have to do it as much. Um, I do get out there. I do try and spend my time at least one day a week between the crews, different crews, to still show them. Any new guy that happens to come along thinks I just ride around the truck all day. I got to show him something. But no, I feel it. I definitely, you know, I I run the power drive. I do not run the edger. Um, so it definitely is young to young men. You know, put your time in and get to where you got surround yourself by good people. Yeah. So that you don't have to. You know, after a while, use your brain, not your knees. Um, yeah. So yes. And and just to wind back to a couple of questions. Um, ago as far as young guys go this whole industry is about people that want to share knowledge and keep you out of trouble and i don't know of any other trade you know that that cares that much about protecting our craft and protecting people and making sure that our standards are upheld and exceeded and so 
I've always appreciated that. You know, I can, we were doing an end grain floor last year, our first one, 5,000 square foot in a hotel. Did not have the right time to do it because of scheduling. So we were hammering it with everything we had. And between Brett Miller and Wayne Lee and FaceTime, we finally figured out the right situation. And these end grains were two sizes, two and a half by four and a half three inches by five inches in a, in a bricklay pattern. Wow. And it went on 55,000 pieces. Oh, and to cut that thing flat, glued down to a slab, it was wild. Hard plate city, finally, in the wow. end. Wow. It, you know, being able to call Darren at Bona and get his advice on sealers, because it was a Doug fur block, and mm. unfortunately they stained it ebony. Um, Holy smokes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Talk about some stain dropping to the bottom and coming back to the Coming top. back up, yeah. All, all them vessels are straight up. Um, so instead and, of freaking out, we had people to call. Yep. It's it's universal. We've had four guests on, and everybody said the same thing, man. I mean, <clears throat> if someone was to call you, Corey, uh, you know, out of the blue, that, that you know, a younger guy that had a problem on, on a job, would you have a problem talking to the guy? Uh, and sharing yeah. your knowledge with them absolutely would be honored and you know we've we've shipped people tools we've shared any secret and that it comes comes back you know it's it's not even just bragging rights it's just to make sure that we're represented across the world as, as a trade mean, that we are I, I can't tell how, impre- how impressed I am about that and, and that everybody said the same thing and we all feel the same way and and um, and it's universal and it just tells you how, how the quality of the character of the people in this trade and how much they care about it like you said man and and they want this trade to go on and, and uh, the craftsmanship to be there and uh, I mean I don't know another industry that's like that man that would do that that would be so willing to, to, to help somebody and that some, someone would think oh he's a competitor let me ask you this do you ever worry about your competitors no we talk all the time yeah we keep each other in line you know and that was one thing that the first guy that I worked for out in Seattle said, this is a race to the top, not a race to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And beautiful. Always that's, uh, that. that's an awesome piece of advice. Yeah. Awesome piece yeah. of advice. Um, anyone seeing in floors for two bucks a foot out there, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, for heaven's sakes, man, do yourself a favor. Yeah. It's too freaking hard. You know, we don't have to get fat, you know, I mean, everybody's fair, but you do good. You know, there's value to it. You got to, you know, the return on investment is because it lasts forever. And our work is there to show it. So if you put in the extra effort, you'll get the extra nickels. Now, I, um, the first time I seen that hands, I mean, the, the, it, I don't want to say this. The first time I seen that kind of camaraderie on that level was when I was in Pittsburgh with the contractors there. And about six mm-hmm. or seven different contractors go out to dinner all the time. They're competitors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One guy had a problem on a job, and he knows he can call the other guy. And I, mm-hmm. I love that, man. I, to me, that man, man, I, I came away with such a good feeling about that, man, because I, I think it is so important, man. You know, as, as long as I respect the guy, um, if he's a competitor of mine, you need something, man, I got it. As a matter of fact, 
I don't have any tools right now because I've given everything I have away. I never sold <laughs> anything. I've given away my big right. machine, my 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 uh, my vacuums. I've given away my my edgers and everything. You see a guy, you just that that that, that needs something, man. You just feel like you've been because we've all been there, Corey. Right? We know the struggles yeah. and, and how hard it is, and you know, and, and if you get ahead a little bit, man, you want to help the next guy. So, very mm -hmm. cool. Carpeting and LVP, that's our competition, not each other. Mm -hmm. That's it. That is it. Rob, is there another question you'd like to ask, ask Corey? Hey, what was the turning point in your career? Uh, 2008, <laughs> I think 2010, somewhere like that. Just back to the bottom again and, you know, nothing happening and um, – but then it just somehow, I don't know, time flies and you get through it. And um, we did a little carpet for a little while when they were foreclosing homes and stuff. But outside of that, we've only ever done wood floors and specialized in it. Um, so, but I, I think just um, being more involved in, in Donna Certified Craftsman, getting started in that and really committed to a standard and a commandments and um, friendships that have, you know, gone from Canada to California to Pittsburgh, you name it. I mean, so I think that's a big turning point was just really getting involved in NWFA and education and educating my guys and their bragging rights with certifications and badges and trips. And, um, nice. Carried us through the last... You know, it's been good for probably the last seven, six or seven years have been a really good mixture of work and um, quality. I think has stepped up a lot because of technologies. Um, looking back over your career, would, would you would you change anything? If you start mm. from the beginning and looking at your overall the span of your career? I wish I, rem I really remembered all the lessons I learned. It seems like it took me a long time to really learn them and remember them. But um, no, I, th I think just trying not to get ahead of myself. Um, rushed it too much for a while, just trying to, afraid of the phone not ringing again. And then you kind of figure out your stride and, they're going to call you, you know, if you do good work, people love to show off their homes, show off good work. They appreciate it. So, um, yeah, the, the thing about this trade, man, is every lesson comes at such a hard price, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the things that you learn along the way, they're hard lessons, man. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. the things that you look, you do something on a job, you go, oh, uh, don't do that again, man. That, okay. I, that, that didn't turn out the way I wanted it to turn out, man. I can't, you know, every one of those lessons, every single one, man, they're hard, hard yeah. five lessons. Usually sinks in after the third one. Yeah. It seems, yeah, I was going to say, it happens in threes for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That fourth one. So, writing checks. Um, so owning a business is tough. I mean, do you do you have any help in that, or you you by yourself, or as far as running it, or or how does that work? Um, my wife has great support. Uh, Lavette has been with me through this wild rodeo, and 
she sees me leave early in the morning and get home late at night and patient and trusting and knows that I'm doing what I love and she knows most days I'm happy so can wouldn't want to do it without her and I appreciate her just trusting that it's all going to work out somehow and it does very cool right on well when I when I was uh, I was talking to Graham Blue our territory manager down in down in that area your neck of woods and um, mm-hmm. I said we're, I just was just talking off the cup with him I said uh, we're going to do a podcast, and we're going to get forty guys. And he goes, "Oh, look, you got to get Corey Cath uh, on there." And um, I, I said, "Yeah, okay." And he goes, "No, dude, I'm serious. You need to get him on here, and I'm going to give you his information right now." I've known of you. Uh, your name comes up, you know, all the time. You know, when we're talking to different territory managers across the country, man. So uh, um, certainly, you're you're very well respected in this industry, man. There's no question about that. So you to take the time to talk to us uh, for a few minutes, especially uh, on, a, on a, we're recording this on a Friday night late, man. We really certainly sure. appreciate it. No, thank you. All you guys do, it comes both ways. It's great, great program to be a part of, you know, and again, back to the testament of our industry for a company like Bona to, to spend so much attention and investment in us and not just your products, but, you know, for a little company like us to have access to, you know, territory, everybody's got a territory manager, but to be able to, you know, call product development for you guys to send us stuff to test out for you guys to really, um, hire from within our industry, you know, and it's, it's, it's highly appreciated. All my guys, Mike White, Dave Rochelle, have all been through the program. Uh, Darren, Benji, all those guys call Mike different times and, it's pretty cool to be standing on the floor and get a call from Denver. Hey, what do you think of it? What, what happens when you roll this out? What happens in the humidity? What's the glue doing these days? Here's a new bucket at 851. What do you think? Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool to be a part of that development, and um, we we greatly appreciate it down here. Well, thank you, and uh, believe me when That's I tell you, it's mutual. And this whole company, this whole country, or this co- whole business is made up of small small companies for the most part man and and uh uh that's the backbone and blood of our, our industry so it is thank you very much Corey. i'll, I'll let you go hey, and you. uh it's been a, a super pleasure for us man and an honor so thank you oh thank you all righty man keep up right. with the young guys let's keep pushing right. them talk to you down the road thanks thank you. thanks man y'all have a good one see you